Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Road Ramblings, the part of the show that is very quickly becoming the entirety of the show, where I basically am driving somewhere, I've got some time on my hands, and I've got things on my mind. Today, something I don't know that you guys have heard about, because they're being very careful of keeping this quiet, California is looking at putting forward an internet tax. Yeah, you heard me right. Now, I don't have all of the details because this is, this is not something that I very frequently research. So if you want someone who's actually done research on it, go to the quartering Rumble page. I'm trying to refer people to Rumble instead of YouTube when creators have an active Rumble page. Go to, the, go to Rumble and search the quartering and search for the internet tax video. Because here's what's really interesting about it, okay? So what's what's interesting is a lot of these big news companies, you know, C, uh, CBS, NBC, so on and so forth, all of them, they had the monopoly for a long time when it came to journalism. Makes sense, right? You, you, you got the money to have the printing press and uh, the, the copy machines, all that. Uh, and you've got the money to pay for journalists to full-time go on location and report things and whatnot. Of course, only people with big enough pockets are going to be able to afford that. Well, what's happened is, with the age of the internet, most of the actual reporting now can be done from a cell phone. Any one of you that is in the right place at the right time, who's fast enough to push record on your cell phone, or quick enough to flip a picture or turn on uh, an audio recording, that's all it takes sometimes. Now that we're at this point, I mean, it's about to get more difficult with AI, but that's another topic for another day. All of these big companies and corporations, they are now in competition with the average everyday person when it comes to journalism. And undercover journalism has now become even easier than anything in the past. You know, you have Project Veritas before they ousted James O'Keefe. Another topic for another day. But uh, Project Veritas did most of their undercover stuff with nothing more than, like, a cell phone. They pose as somebody who's having a date with one of these big geeks at one of these big companies. And they catch them admitting some things on camera that we'd been suspecting but weren't able to prove. And now we can prove it. Well... A bunch of these big corporations are lobbying together to get a bill passed that, if I'm understanding it correctly, and you can go to uh, go to the Quartering's Rumble page and check his sources, because he's got a couple of different sources that he uh, he's pulled for this. If I'm understanding it correctly, the bill would put a tax or a fee, basically, on social media platforms like Facebook or YouTube or so on and so forth for implementing a link to somewhere else. And then that money would be dispersed back out to these other corporations. If I'm understanding it correctly, please double check me. And if I've got it wrong, please let me know. You can find my Twitter page at out of one, or you can find me on my, my rumble page, one out of one or my YouTube page. If you have, feel like being a degenerate. I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, 
but if that's the basics of what's going on here, then we're in a big mess. If that gets passed, even, even the fact that it's being considered is absolutely ridiculous. You know, growing up, I didn't really read a ton of classics. I read, I read a couple of them. Like I read the Narnia books, of course. I read the Hobbit, of course. Uh, I mean, I'm a homeschooler. Those are two staples of being a homeschooler. And let's see, for school, I read Macbeth, Julius Caesar, and what were the two others? Lord of the Flies and a censored version of Mice and Men. But I missed out on the Orwell stuff. I missed out on 1984, and I missed out on... um, on Animal Farm. Now, fairly recently, I was uh, substituting at the school that I occasionally sub for, and it was a really, really easy day with a really, really easy English class. I mean, there's something about these. Let me tell you something. These English teachers, and they're they're strict. These English teachers, they got the crap together. Man, like some some sometimes I go in to sub for some of these people, and you know it's just like really chill, really relaxed. The classroom's super relaxed and whatnot. Man, I these English people—they're structured. We're taking the term grammar Nazi too seriously. Anyways, I tease, uh, but I had some free time, and I saw at the beginning of the day that there was a copy of Animal Farm on the bookshelf. Now my sister-in-law, who is one of the said English teachers, uh, was telling me that I would really enjoy this book. And so I thought, yeah, this is a super structured class. The students know what they're supposed to do and they'll know they get in trouble if they don't do it. I got some time to read. So I read through the entirety of Animal Farm in one day. And let me tell you, I wish I had read that in high school because it made so much sense. Now, while I'm saying that I wish I had read it in high school because I think I would have really benefited from it, excuse me as I get my words out, what I found really interesting as well is how now that I'm an adult, and now that I know how to do more research, now that I know um, how to see through things without getting as emotionally involved as I would in the past, I say it that way to be honest, uh, it really shined a big light on the world for me. Because when I was reading it, it wasn't like, oh, wow, so this is something I need to look out for. It's like, oh, wow, this is nothing new. I have seen this happen in front of my very eyes. And if you have not read Animal Farm, I encourage you to read it. I, I am debating... Uh, looking up to see if there's a way that I could do like a, basically like a, uh, a free audiobook type of reading. I don't, you know, I don't know that I can, but I, I can look into that because I, that's, that's a book that I would read, uh, that I would read for my audience. What was interesting about it for me is that as I was reading it, I noticed similarities between what Orwell saw in people in his time and similarities between what I can see in my time. And you realize after a while 
there are some things in people's lives and in people's character that doesn't really change. This desire for power, this desire to uh, deceive in order to cover up one's mistakes. These are not new things. They've been happening for centuries. And every once in a while, someone comes along and, and new developments happen New technological developments happen that make it more difficult for the powers that be to issue their control and to cover things up. One of the big things is the inventing of the Gutenberg Press. Oh, now all of a sudden we can make copies of things super easily, and then all of a sudden the Bible is the most widely circulated book in the world? Oh, and what's this? Uh, William Tyndale does his, uh, he, he does his, uh, his, his, uh, English translation of the Bible and then the English translations are spreading across the British Empire Martin Luther does a Bible translation in German and the German people now have uh, the Bible in their own language instead of just having to trust what the, the priests are saying in Latin and then we get to the internet we have, we have these big companies CN, uh, we've got CNN NBC Viacom uh, CBS, all of all of these different big companies that have control of the corporate press, and then the internet. And now the powers that be are in a scramble because they are losing their power. And what's scary about reading Animal Farm and why this all ties together is you see an Animal Farm that the people that take over the powers that be end up becoming the powers that be. And if, if you've not read Animal Farm, I'm sorry, I'm about to spoil the end of the book for you. The pigs take over the farm. They run things their own way. And one of the rules of the animal farm is that basically anything on two legs is evil. And what's interesting is, is that's one, one of the last of the Animal Farm rules that gets broken. The pigs start walking on two legs and make deals with the other farmers around the area. And they get into a squabble over something, and, they, and the people and the pigs start fighting over like a poker game or something, and the other animals are watching. And they say that it becomes difficult to tell pig apart from human. And that's what we're seeing a lot of times with these power controls is we're going to see that the big internet companies and all these big tech platforms like Meta and TikTok and all the others, they're, they're people in power, abusing power. And then these big, these other big media companies like NBC Universal, uh, uh, Viacom, they're fighting for power. And so then you get to this point where you're like, well, which one do I root for? Because, you know, one of them is going down. Well, the problem is, is maybe there's no difference between the pigs and the men. Maybe they're both being evil. Maybe both have a massive problem. And maybe there's too much corruption for anything good to come from it. While that is a scary thing to think of. <laughs> Excuse me. While it's a scary scenario, and why, and you know, while Animal Farm 
and the rest of Orwell's work. I, I started 1984, haven't finished it yet. I plan to. While it's spooky and a very good critique of the world around us today, I have not stayed stuck in that fear state for very long. And the reason is because the more that I pray about what's going on in the world, the more that God reminds me we're not built for a fallen world. We were created to be with God. We were created to live in his goodness, in his presence, without this corruption, without this evil. So therefore, the best thing that we can do for humanity is to not worry about the world, but to focus on eternity. You know, if God is good, then the best thing we can do is bring God to people. And look, things might get better, okay? There's a chance they might get better. There is definitely a shift going on in the culture right now. I think that the coming of the internet has both done a lot of harm, but also been a lot of help in causing that change, both the positive and the negative changes. But there's definitely something going on right now. And there's a possibility that we might be on the edge of another uh, another nationwide and maybe a worldwide revival. Or things could get worse. Things could get a lot worse. And the, the, the old fears of the communist overtake might actually become a reality. The reason why I am praying every day for myself to not be so worried and focused on it is because Christianity was born into persecution. Christianity was born in corruption. And Christianity thrives the most in persecution and corruption. Why is that? Because while the rest of the world is being corrupt and fighting for power, it's powerful people fighting powerful people to become more powerful people, while all that's going on, you've got God's word over here telling a completely different story. Christianity has always thrived in persecution. So yeah, the internet tax thing, if it goes through, it's going to suck. All right? And if that goes through, it's going to lead to more problems, and then it's going to get really bad. And sadly, before long, things could get really dark in the United States. I think the church could benefit from not worrying about that anymore. I think that the church could benefit from doing some persecution training. I think that the church could benefit from preparing themselves for inevitable persecution. You know, when it comes to it, when it comes to like defending like a, a nation from being slaughtered, like if if we we're at war and like it like let's just say the worst happens and Russia and you and uh, China are threatening to bomb the U.S. Yeah, I think that's a good reason to go to war because. We need to protect 
what God has put in front of us. And there is a lot of lost people in front of us that we need to protect and share the gospel with. And yeah, sure, we would be fighting lost people, but God has also given us the responsibility to take care of the world around us. I'm not going to pick up a gun to fight over persecution. I'm not. I will not pick up a gun to fight against people who are persecuting Christians. If that's your target, hey, you know what? Bring it on. Watch what happens. Corner Christianity. Corner Christians and tell us that we're not allowed to worship our God. I dare you to do it. Because every time that one Christian goes down, three more pop up out of nowhere. The nature of Christianity thrives in persecution. So while it spooks me on one end and while it's you know terrifying because it'll make providing for families a lot more difficult, our brothers and sisters before us have survived far worse. And I don't want to be scared of persecution. I don't want to be scared of the temporary. I want to be excited about forever. That's all I got for right now, guys. Thank you all for tuning in, and I'll see you all later.